Good morning. It's over a hundred years since Abraham Lincoln died. I think it's interesting to see what picture of Abraham Lincoln remains in the minds of people uh, over a hundred years after his death. It seems to me that he read uh, the Bible a great deal. An honest, upright, God-fearing man. He was just sort of a quiet, common man, pretty shy. He didn't have the education that we have today, that he came, he had to do his own educating and had to do it the hard way, which we have the easy way. Abraham Lincoln's the one on the penny. I think he was a president, I think in 1949. There seemed to be a good relationship between him and his stepmother. A lot of people won't even work that day. It's Lincoln's birthday. And uh, as you remember, they wore those great big stovepipe hats. So he put his hat down in a chair next to him, and some very stout woman uh, eased into the side of Mr. Lincoln and sat right down on his hat. So of course she jumped up and apologized to him, and he said, that's quite all right, madam. He says, I knew the minute you sat down it wouldn't fit. He's a very honest man, and if she made you a promise, he would keep it. One day when he was a boy, uh, when he went to the store, the storekeeper gave him two and a half cents too much, and when he, he discovered that when he was home, and he ran more than a mile to give it back. He ran about two and a half miles to, uh, just because a woman gave him two cents uh, too much for uh, something that he had bought. He, he came, I think it was four miles, to bring the money to her. And he walked until um, um, his feet started to tear on the bottom, and not his feet, his shoes. His nickname was Honest Ab. Oh, yes, Honest Ab, yeah, he's famous for that. And, of course, the log cabin one. Everybody knows the man born in the log cabin and finishing up in the White House. If there was a White House then, wasn't there? He saw these people, and they were slaving over the farms. He put his, himself in their place, and he thought what it would be like. And he didn't like it very much, so he put he made a law against it. He let all the Negroes go, and not, not, he, he cut out slavery. Even the people who didn't particularly care for him on the slavery question had to admit that he was a great man personally. A man shot him one day while he was attending some kind of ball or something. The ideas of what I learned about Lincoln was not that I learned anything about him, but I got feelings about him. He would walk a mile to make peace with somebody, you know. If he got word, he would always go and make peace for everybody. That's why I said if we had a president today, like Lincoln was, I don't think it would be all this excitement. I really don't. That's a people's portrait of Abraham Lincoln over a hundred years after his death. See you soon. Good morning, Tom. This month, it's 97 years since the death of Abraham Lincoln. I wonder what image of Abraham Lincoln remains in the minds of people today. I took my tape recorder and asked people, who was Abraham Lincoln?
Hello there. This is Tony Schwartz with Sounds from New York. It's almost a hundred years since Abraham Lincoln died, and this is the month of his birthday, and I thought I'd like to see what picture of Mr. Lincoln remained in the minds of people today. And I took my tape recorder out and spoke to many people, and the picture seemed to come into focus when I asked the question, who was Abraham Lincoln? And here is the portrait that I obtained in sound of Abraham Lincoln. It seems to me that he read uh, the Bible a great deal. He let all the Negroes go. He, he cut out slavery. Well, I imagine he was pretty lonely and pretty shy, and uh, he was just sort of a quiet, common man. His nickname was Honest Ab. Well, he was a very strong man and tall man. He had a beard. A lot of people want to even work that day. It's Lincoln's birthday. So there you go. Oh, but a man shot him one day while he was attending some kind of ball or something. Abraham Lincoln's the one on the penny. I think he was a president. I think in 1949. He was brought up in a log cabin and he learned all the stuff from books and in a in other cabins when men was always talking together and everything. He didn't have the education that we have today. That he came, he had to do his own educating and had to do it the hard way, which we have the easy way. When he was a child, he had to walk about, about 12 miles to get books that he read. He wanted to, he wanted to learn that bad. He was splitting rails for a farmer because he wanted to borrow a book from him. And then it was raining and he was bringing the book back and the book got all wet. And so for a long time after that, he kept on splitting rails to pay back for it. As a boy, he would read in front of the fire at night. He loved to read books and he borrowed a book and he put it through some wood in the cabin. and. It rained and the book was ruined and so the man that owned it, he had to work for him and he worked and it became his book. Oh yes, honest day, he'd be honest, famous for that and of course the log cabin one. Everybody knows the man born in the log cabin and finishing up in the White House. If there was a White House then, was there? And uh, honest day, yeah. oh that's famous. I do think it was round about the Civil War, am I right? One day when he was a boy, the storekeeper gave him two and a half cents too much and when he, he discovered that when he was home and he ran more than a mile to give it back. He ran about two and a half miles to, uh, just because a, a woman gave him two cents uh, too much for uh, something that he had bought. He owed a lady money. I don't know how much it was, but uh, he, he came, I think it was four miles to bring the money to her. Lincoln was at a banquet in Illinois. And uh, as you remember, they wore those great big stovepipe hats. So he put his hat down in a chair next to him, and some very stout woman uh, eased into the side of Mr. Lincoln and sat right down on his hat. So of course she jumped up and apologized to him, and he said, that's quite all right, madam. He says, I knew the minute you sat down it wouldn't fit. As a man and a president, I was very fond of Lincoln. An honest, upright, God-fearing man. That's the way I felt about him. I think he was a nice man because he has saved the Negro people. And I think he was um, 
a man with a heart because the rest of the presidents had um, formerly kept the slaves, and when he came into power, he had a heart enough to free them. He saw these people and they were slaving over the farms, and these rich men, they just sat there and they just stayed there and watched the, uh, the other people work. He put his, himself in their place and he thought what it would be like, and he didn't like it very much. So he put, he made a law against it. There was a fight going on because he wanted to free the slaves, but the southern people wanted the slaves because they needed them for their plantations and they probably didn't want to spend any money. So there was a war going on and the North won. And it's the same thing with Lincoln. You have a peculiar kind of idea, a peculiar kind of a notion about a man because he becomes, you know, like his face is carved in a rock someplace and you know there's all of the myth about him but the myth escapes me because I'm from the Bronx and at the same time coming from the Bronx you uh, as I say and also it all comes down to the public school system and my you know it has to do with education. The ideas, the ideas of what I learned about Lincoln was not that I learned anything about him but I got feelings about him. He never became a man for me in relationship but that might have been my fault see because I was so busy not like paying attention to everything but as I say it, all of the things that I remember about this is my problem in relationship to my early schooling. Even the people who didn't particularly care for him on the slavery question had to admit that he was a great man personally. He would walk a mile to make peace with somebody, you know, just like a, a uprising some way. He was always, if he got word, he would always go and make peace for everybody, get everybody pleased on both sides. People, at first, the some of them would disagree, but in the end, he would win out. That's why I said if we had a president today, like Lincoln was, I don't think it would be all this excitement. I really don't. Well, that's the picture people have of Mr. Abe Lincoln. Whether he knew it or not, Mr. Lincoln is best known for the fact that slavery was abolished legally in his time. As one of the children we heard said, he cut out slavery. In the remainder of this program, I'd like to play some recordings of Negro people who now live in New York. As I said, it's almost a hundred years since slavery was legally abolished, and there still remain differences between attitudes of white people in the North and South toward the Negro. I wondered how Negroes felt about these differences. The question, would you like to live in the North or the South, seemed to lead to some interesting associations on the part of these people I spoke with. Here, I asked a New York City taxi driver, would you rather live in the North or in the South? As a Negro, I would rather live in the southern parts of the United States because it's the garden spot of the world. If it was left to me to live and I could live, mind my business and enjoy the freedom and the fruits of, of, of America, I would, I would rather live in North Carolina than any other place I know in the world. You see, the shit here is camouflage. They have the same identical thing in operation here as far as prejudice go, but it's, it's camouflage. Otherwise, it's camouflage and they, they got so many different nationalities until they don't have time to be too hard on one. You see, Mr. Mr. One thing I want to say if I never see you again. Yeah. I was born in America. As far as the black man is concerned in America, New York, New Orleans, New Georgia, New Mississippi, 
New Alabama, New Kentucky, New Jersey, New Philadelphia, all is new as far as the black man is concerned. Meaning this, that black man has just as much chance in Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, New Jersey, any place else as he has in New York, as far as the black man is concerned. He has no chance in New York to, to hooray about. What chance does he have? There's one thing I want to tell you before you yeah. leave me. Sure. One, two, three, four, five. Four. You see, once they can get this thing straightened out in the South, it will be one of the best places in the world for any man to live. You see, a man can live, he can thrive, he can feed his family, he don't have to worry about it, he can feed it because it's growing in the field. He can feed it. He live like a king. Build his little home off to himself, go to his stuff and live there and nobody bothers him. Now, you take the integration. What the hell happened out here in Long Island? What the hell happened right up here in Syracuse, New York? You understand what I'm talking about? So, face it like it is. As far as the black man is concerned, uh, it seems as if the white man, well, in a sense of the word, look, you can't blame the white man too much either. Because look, if I'm sitting in, if I'm sitting in a glass cage, got everything in the world in there I want, well, hell, I ain't too particular about nobody else coming in the hell with them. I mean, you know, I got it, what the hell? I'm gonna let somebody else get it. And it seems one other thing, practically everything on, that's floating around on this place, if the white man gives the Negro a change, or the black man a change, or any way you want to put it, I mean, I'm, I'm a very yes. broad-minded fellow. If they start to walk along the street, look like the black man out walking. If they start to play basketball, look like he out here topping. Baseball, it look like he gets awfully close if he don't top it. With, their, with, with prize fighting, the same identical thing. It look like everything that he do, if they ever teach him, look, look like he gets ahead or he eases by. Well, now, what the hell? You mean to tell me that you're going to, you, you, now, wait now. In times, it'll even off. But you ain't going to give me just like that the opportunity to, to, to screw you out of what you have found and died for for many years. You see? You don't kill, you don't, you don't give away things like that. You see? Now, I feel that uh, the white man could be a little more liberal towards the black man because uh, in the last two wars, World War One, World War Two, all that, I'm a veteran, lost a lot of black boys. You know, they was fighting as to have to protect the freedom of the of America. I feel that they should give them a little better break than they give them. You know, equality for many things that they didn't have. You know, right? If a man qualified for a job, give him a job. You understand? Don't deprive him of education. You have to give him education because you think in England or the other countries, on those islands, or there's one thing you do. You see, they educate the black man. Even if, even if they hold him back to a certain extent, certain th things that they hold him out of, they still educate him, which is a very smart step. See, I don't think any man should be walking around ignorant because, you see, you take an ignorant man, it spells trouble. You see now, you take, take finance and say that I'm an ignorant guy. Through Russian influence, I just might become a communist. I might become a Russian. I might become anything, not knowing what I'm doing. After I'm all wound up into it, I feel sorry later, but it's too damn late to be sorry then. You see what I'm saying? You see, our, our trouble on this earth, mister, I can put it in a small, a small knot, is the black man and the white woman. Now, you take for instance, the white man, the black woman, has been free ever since this United States been a United States. The black man and the white woman is under boundary, what you call slave. Because
place and from a place that black man can't go out with any woman he wants. Unless he's looked at, he's poked at, made wise cracks at. You take the white woman, she can't go out with a black man unless everybody's looking, people wondering why. Well, that's bad. That's bad. If you can take my sister walk the street, you might be going to, to, to the office with my sister as the teacher, something that has to do a good deed. But uh, as you walk by with my sister, I wouldn't, I didn't know it. You, if you know it's the black man, if, 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 if there's a white man with a black woman, don't, 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 don't pay no mind. At this point, the tape in my recorder ran out, and I'm sorry. Here, I asked a young woman who had come up to work in a New York household. She was about 22. I asked her the same question. Would you rather live in the North or in the South? Let's put it this way. In the South, you know where you're going. In the North, you don't. You go in some places after what? It's, uh, it's their rules that they should let Negroes in. So that's why they let them in. But you rather not go in into the way that you're treated. They act if you're not even in there. They look at you like you something horrible sitting in there. And in the South, here's the difference. Some places they allow colored people wear white. Mostly it's the Jewish places. And when you go in there, you're treated like a human being because you're wanted there. And the places that they don't want you, you know better than to go in. So therefore, you know where you're going. And, but in the North, you don't exactly know where you're going because you can go in, but you're not wanted. So tell the truth. Comparison. Since I've been here for a while, I find the South is just about as nice as the North. I really do. I honestly do. In the South, it doesn't matter really, because you were born there. You're used to what, you know, they remember. you know where you can't go. And so it's just like anything else. It just grows to you. It doesn't do anything to you. But in the North, I think it does. Because uh, you've always read, you've always heard that this place is equal. You do what you, you know, everything is um, equal here. And then when you find out that it isn't, I think it really hurts you. I, at least I felt worse uh, about it. But in the South, I didn't. When I walked out of place, and I knew that we weren't supposed to go in, it didn't even bother me. I'd go down to the place where I was going. So it didn't bother me at all. So that's why I say I think the South, in a way, is just as nice as here. And, and honest, the people where you work there, they aren't too much different between them. There's some horrible people here where girls uh, work, because I've heard about them. And it's the same way in the South. There's some horrible ones there, and there's some very sweet ones. Well, I think some interesting thoughts come through these two conversations. And this is Tony Schwartz with Sounds from New York saying goodbye.